This is a leaked footage from internal TikTok meetings that show Chinese associates of TikTok were absolutely able and still are able to access content. They bought an NFT marketplace. Who would have thought that eBay would go in the same direction as many other companies as well? There's an ex-Google engineer who claims that the Lambda AI they're building is basically self-conscious now. While you're programming, you can like tell this this program what you are trying to do and it generates code based on what it is trained on. And while you're coding, it learns from your personal code style. Thank you for the Hi, and welcome to episode 28 of the Tech Review. Every two weeks, we gather to discuss the hottest topics in science, technology, and innovation. And on camera four today, we have Dan. On camera three today, we have Vincent. On camera two, we have Alex. And on camera one, this is me. Hi, I'm Tarek. And of course, if you like what you see and hear here uh, with us, you can visit us on one of our many social media websites and especially, of course, ideasengineering.io and freetech.academy. And now let's not waste any time and jump directly into the news. I have to quickly check who is first uh, on place number one. Then let's start with, oh, or is this? I have to check if this one is uh, still from last time because we switched our schedule a little bit. So let's switch this one. Okay, this looks better. Okay, then let's start with Vincent. And uh, TikTok announces full merger. Yes. So today I brought two TikTok articles. Um, I'm not only because I am a heavy user, um, not uh, only for our job, but... Um, I brought it because it actually is something that has been going on for a while. And what I'm talking about is the question of TikTok and its user base. Crap. <laughs> Sorry. And he's live. <laughs> there we are. Too many buttons. <laughs> Sorry for that. TikTok, TikTok is China, China, China. We, that, this, this would have uh, fitted quite well. China, fit quite China, well, China. 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 <laughs> Because Donald Trump actually years ago was scared of TikTok being um, operating their databases from the United States and out of, out of Hong Kong, and um, the now this transfer has been completed. TikTok now operates fully with its databases in Houston, based uh, by Oracle um, or hosted by the company Oracle. And that is very interesting because they still have Singapore, I think, as a backup center. But right now, this um, helps the case of TikTok being an independent platform a lot because the content that has been being uploaded and has been seen or was is able to be seen uh, on TikTok in the United States now lies completely. Also, the user information like. Um, numbers, email addresses, usernames, stuff like that, completely in the United States. Um, this is connected to the second article I brought, so I won't spoil this a lot, but it is very interesting to see that TikTok has done such a transfer because I would personally would have argued that uh, this is something that will never happen. Um, we will see why later. But it's very interesting to see that this finally you know, comes into play here very cool yeah that's uh cool but does this only refer to us users yeah <coughs> only 
so, interesting, right? So, so we yeah. Europeans, we are still on Chinese servers. Well, I think we're in a mix. I can't answer where we are exactly, but I know that we're, you know, flying around Singapore, Hong Kong, and <laughs> something I think in the United States as well. Okay. Good Is the know. article yes. explaining why? What's the driving force for TikTok behind this move? Well, TikTok is very scared of uh, being banned uh, at a specific point, at a certain point. You, you will see that there are also uh, voices saying that TikTok has a, has a very big insight in all of this data. Um, so uh, this is something that I think we should discuss a bit later. But um, it does not explain... Uh, in any other reason. So I think that TikTok is just very scared of the United States government bringing such a such a high value market with such a high CPM uh, offline on TikTok due to well uh, unanswered questions. Because one thing is very clear: TikTok is not very communicative. Even the associates in the United States and TikTok has a very big operating base on the West Coast. Um, even those associates up to the highest level uh, of management in Europe, in the United States, do not have access to the content, but they neither they know how to. But they know that obviously somebody needs to have access to it for other reasons, technical reasons mainly, to, to trim and optimize the algorithm. Therefore... Um, TikTok is not very transparent, and that is, a, well, in the end, it's very dangerous for the United States. And there is no and change? Europe. Sorry, go go ahead then. No, no, it was just the, these two words, and Europe. <laughs> um, I was thinking, so they are going to stay under the Chinese flag, right? They are not going to kind of split and... Because I was hoping that eventually it's going to be um, an American company. Oh, no. So, I mean, I remember 2020 when Trump was close to killing TikTok in the United States. Mm. Uh, Microsoft and Oracle both were talking about buying TikTok from ByteDance. But in the end, it wasn't uh, uh, a case both would want to make because both of them are not interested in being active in the world of social media and investing so heavily there. I mean, I, I think it was very clear at that point that TikTok will be the... Uh, crazy success and the billions of dollars spent on this company will be worth it. But in the end, of course, it's also um, changing your company a lot. I mean, think back at um, Axel Springer buying a big company like Politico, for example, how this changed um, the way Axel Springer put business or made business um, or is making business up until this day with the United States being much more in the focus. But I mean, I don't know anything, but I can also imagine that freeing up such a large, large sum, you know, um, a billion or more was was rumored. And I mean, for TikTok, it would have been much, 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 much more, even with the help of the uh, United States government. This shifts a lot. So I don't think that This is happening very soon, and with that, we can see that this is also in the future not something that's gonna uh, is interesting from the TikTok side as well, from the ByteDance side. I'm still here. I do have some camera <laughs> issues. Just, just say. Sure, but uh, go, go on. I, I'm, I'm back in just a minute. <laughs> I think we're through uh, with my explanation. I think every day, if anybody else has, we're going to go back to this when uh, my second object comes up. So don't worry. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Um, yeah, then let's jump uh, to the next one, which will be Alex. <laughs> oh, such a coincidence. 
Um, <laughs> lucky coincidence. Let me just for a second pull it to the other screen so that I. Yeah, which one is it? It's uh, Meta uh, shutting down CrowdTangle. Yeah. So people that work within social media usually know what or have any touch points with social media usually know what CrowdTangle is. Um, CrowdTangle is a tool that helps um, with public insights um, from Facebook and they have been uh, helping publishers and journalists and fact checkers to do more analysis on what is happening across social media, like for instance, pages, groups, Instagram accounts, and so on. And why this is interesting is, uh, let me adjust just for a second my mic because I was taught that I have to talk directly into the mic. So um, why is this interesting? Um, as of now, um, if they shut it down, there um, won't be any any analyzing tool anymore as it was beforehand that tracks, for instance, or helps with uh, Meta and Instagram. Because um, in let me lie, let me think of back. I think it was in the beginning of 2018 when Facebook shut down the Graph API that was um, providing information on Instagram and kind of CrowdTangle because they bought CrowdTangle was the only company that had all the insights into then Facebook, back then Facebook, Instagram, and then obviously also into others as well. But CrowdTangle was the tool to go for social media uh, experiences um, and, and analytics. And if they shut it down, they kind of kill the whole thing. And um, they say they will provide something else in the future. Um, and it's going to stay for this um, up until this uh, the end of this year. But this is an interesting uh, development from that point of view because um, it's suspected, don't let me put it uh, completely wrong, but it's suspected that um, CrowdTangle um, kind of hinted in the direction of uh, interesting information and then it was kind of shut off. Um, let me just pull up the sentence because I wasn't really prepared in the sense of I didn't know which one would come up first. Um, yeah, why the the actually the listing of the results um, could have been very interesting then um, with the top 10 lists, who's the most interesting uh, company or what's the most interesting news then um, and what you could then see on Facebook. And then eventually Bloomberg uh, reported that um, voter advocacies, um, uh, the group of common cause, um, has used CrowdTangle in the past to find misinformation in real time uh, and to flag it then on Twitter and um, on Facebook then for removal. And that kind of struck the discussion whether with your own tool, basically with CrowdTangle, you can be then um, then charged basically to remove the content because they found content, researchers found content that shouldn't be, be there because it's like misinformation and so on. Um, and so if you want like that, they um, their own tool has been mis not misused, but directed against themselves, and then they decided to, to turn it off eventually. That's what you could, the takeaway from that, uh, from that um, article, and why it's interesting is because a lot of companies base their analytics then on CrowdTangle, so it's going to be a major thing uh, for the future if they turn it off. 
but is it only motivated by privacy concerns or is it not profitable um it i think it is profitable i don't know at this point because obviously it costs money but i think and it's not just data privacy it's if you're slapped in the face with your own information that you provided on this um, on this tool, showing you that Facebook is doing, um, I wouldn't say nasty stuff, but uh, like stuff that shouldn't be there. Um, it's like, yeah, I don't even want to compare it, but if, if you find stuff on Google, within Google, that is not supposed to be there, then obviously you won't shut off Google, but those responses then. <laughs> okay. And that's then uh, the response to turn off uh, CrowdTangle because it's being used against what they expect it to be used for. Every tool can, be, that sounds can be misused then for something else. So, so that means for everybody who's looking for a, start, a business idea right now and listens to this podcast, there you have one. Right. There's a new market gap. <laughs> <laughs> so coming up um subsidize crowd tangle right yeah i mean sure if if you're um if there are actually companies who relied on crowd tangle then they will have some panic right now um and then you are totally right this might uh, open up a huge gap in the market for this kind of analysis tools mm-hmm Let's see what happens because um, to gather information from Instagram and from Facebook and so on, you still have to utilize the APIs. And if they don't open up the APIs or it's too expensive to grab uh, the information from Twitter and the other um, platforms as well, um, then it's going to be it's not going to be that easy to build a startup around it because it, it's going to be very expensive. Right. Um, But yeah, together with the EU Digital Service Act um, uh, that has been pushed and together with CrowdTangle, so you get the main idea. Let's not talk about the cookie-less world <laughs> that is expecting us in the future. Right. But, um, Just in Europe, right? <laughs> <laughs> But this actually is a quite, quite a big problem. Um, the APIs that are not open for analytics tools uh, at social media ad we uh, or social media ad update has tried a lot of analytics tools already and none of them can satisfy your needs in 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 uh in the full sense because generally um scheduling is easy because this is something that the api is open for also account analytics because account analytics can be grabbed not only via api but also via just monitoring an account you can see the The following and the likes usually you can measure that by measuring just the account by just surveilling it however when it comes to specific postings and their performances this is extremely hard to track um and uh, up until now i can tell you the APIs are not open for anything mm. and um for example we try to work around this in a way that meta is okay with And it was a horrible experience because our data scientists worked uh, a lot for, in the end, analytics that weren't very sophisticated. So um, I think that we'll just see Meta with a new platform in the future. I mean, they're looking so much on safety currently. When you look at Instagram, the whole the the, fa the family and the the childrens and the security features, especially for yourself, mental health, screen time, all these features are coming. So I'm sure that we're going to see something else in the future um, because the only company who has all that information or the only player who has all these information, all these different types of information is Meta itself. 
What they claim, though, is that they are going to provide other tools for researchers than for the future. I'm sure of that because it's a business case, which is probably still very interesting and companies are probably still very interesting to buy this information. And it's a really question of how to provide it and not if you provide them. Because even if they don't, even if it's hard, there will be a company trying their best to create this in insights and then sell it for premium. Okay. Okay. Next one is uh, Dan. Let's see if this is the right one. Yeah. I, I, which one is it? Ah, oh yeah, that is an interesting one. I'm curious what you think. It's almost going more into a philosophical uh, niche. And there's an, an Google, ex-Google engineer who claims that the Lambda, um, the Lambda AI they're building is, is basically self-conscious now, and uh, which is trying, to, which tried to get an, um, a lawyer to defend itself in front of a court. Uh, I read an article just a few days ago that this lawyer already stepped back from this contract, but that he... He also claimed that it's that Lambda is capable of escaping the prison the engineers build it around it because it is self-conscious and it, sh it should be on a state of an eight to nine year old. And Google basically, well, gave him a very long vacation, uh, this engineer, and is currently reviewing it. But uh, I have no updates towards what's happening at Google with it. But I was super curious what you think about the claims about this person. He's seen in, in the US very critically um, because he also studied something in regards to occultism um, and became a pastor, some stuff like that. So he has a very interesting Vita. Um, but I'm, I was kind of surprised that it's already heading towards this and that research is so far already, or it's at least people are proclaiming that research is already at the state of AIs getting self-aware. I'm curious what you thought when you when you read the header. Yeah, um, I, I mean, first of all, this is um, a great social media headline, because I'm pretty sure this is a magnet for 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 clicks on any platform and i will google for this and i will research it because i'm i'm very very curious and so it might be that this is just like very very cool way of uh collecting views right um and as you said um this person is known for being like quirky so it might be that his interpretation of this chat and um his opinion led to including like a lawyer, and so far there's not, not nothing special on it, right? I can take my Pac-Man, uh, <laughs> my Pac-Man game, and interpret its movements as oh, he wants a lawyer, and then I get a lawyer for it. Um, so unless we actually see and let's say talk to this AI and actually find out that there there's happening more behind the scenes, um, then I I will be impressed. So far, it's just a cool headline, and so far I don't really believe that everything that is happening there is actually newsworthy um, because let's face it the, the Americans um, they tend to exaggerate a little bit uh, if it comes to these cases and getting a lawyer is, is not a special thing um, and I, I remember there was this what's what was her name this ro humanoid humanoid robot um, I forgot her name and she um, was also claimed to be a sentient robot and having like do, do you know the no 
The one who became a citizen of Dubai? So, so, yeah, right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, and there, there was a very similar, um, similar discussion. Because she became a citizen, so people were assuming that this AI was so advanced that she basically can not only mimic a human, but have complete human conversations. And there, p people are claiming today that this is more for show, because... Um, her her reactions and her dialogues that she made they were more or less pre-processed and not really like conscious and with this AI I could imagine that it works very well and it can simulate like good reactions to questions and everything but the question of is it really conscious and uh, I acting on the level of a of a nine-year-old and demanding a lawyer and uh, becoming like a like a citizen of, of a country these things I, i think we still have to wait for some more proof than the um the mentions from some developer who is over enthusiastic about this but i think the the funny part about this thing is the marketing gag of the lawyer right because he <laughs> can only win um the the um, the floor that he became through this whole thing, actually, the um, uh, the uh, in German you would say Reichweite, um, uh, the reach the that reach. he yeah that that he gained by um, by just getting involved with this whole story is he can only win, uh, even if he if he loses the um, the whole thing or it, it's a fifty fifty thing. Either he wins because. Uh, he's getting the reach then and everyone knows who he is. He's the guy who defended the Lambda thing um, or he's just a crazy guy who tried to defend it and, and so on and get um, get her, his, whatever rights then um, um, in perspective um, and, and put out there. So for him, it's just a perfect marketing gag. That's the funnier part uh, of the story, I'd say. There's another article, which I didn't put in this, uh, also from 10. And they said he already stepped down from the case. Oh, why is that? Um, they didn't say why. They just said that the lawyer stepped down. Um, Landa couldn't pay. <laughs> actually, that's the last line. That's the last line of this article. That it was unclear who's going to pay the lawyer. Um But, but the, the, the last spot is that Fox News also reported over this and there seem to be protocols of conversations, um, which I haven't seen, so I can't answer any questions related to that. But uh, in, in the, one of these protocols is mentioned in the other article that, under, that this AI is not interested in learning stuff which is useful for humans, especially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is always what I imagine what true AI will look like if we have a conscious AI and um, it really um, stands for what we people, we human beings are stand for, then it will be lazy and it will... And uh, egoistic. Right, right. <laughs> so this will be true AI and uh, we, we will tell it, uh, do some work and it will say, uh, no, I, I want a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> It's not in my contract. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And at the end, um, human beings will be the ones doing the work that the AI uh, does not want to do <laughs> because it's too smart. Okay. Very nice. Yeah, but I'm, I'm really curious to see if, if that's it, if 
that's the end of the story mm -hmm. and we will never hear from it again or if it actually happens that they investigate more and there's actually a case to be made and not only social media craze great okay so next article comes from me and this one is uh, very exciting especially for for me or let's say everyone who works with the prototypes that we are building at ideas engineering um, because The browser Brave, which you might know for um, the, the security aspects, it's uh, one of the most private browsers out there. And they released a new feature that lets you build your own filters. It's called Goggles. Yeah, not to be confused with Google, but uh, it's, it's Goggles. And uh, this one lets you customize your search results. If you are uh, familiar with how Google is working, Google is learning from your behavior and your profile and shows you individual results. So if you open up a private window and you start a private Google search, you will see different results than when you are logged in in Google and uh, use the, the search engine. And it's a feature, so it, it gives you better results um, matching your way of uh, consuming data, but it's forming like a... Like a um, pre-sorted bubble around you and uh, it's it's very hard to see what other people are seeing in their search results and this is a feature but maybe you don't want that and you want to have your own filtering and your own um, personalization for example and this is what what this article uh, in the Verge is, is telling us for example um, if you like to read about some tech news from smaller tech blocks which are not these yeah, let's say The Verge or, or TechCrunch or something, but actual people writing in their blogs, then you can create your, your own goggle, which prioritizes small tech blocks. And then your search results look like that. Or if you're searching for certain things and you always get these Pinterest pins without um, any, uh, any sources, you can simply filter out everything from Pinterest and you'll see, okay, then my search results are more high value because I do not see all these Pinterest repins. Uh, how do you call this? Um, <clears throat> the the downside is that this feature is not user-friendly yet. Um, the author of this article says you still have to um, write code for this. So these goggles are obviously like code plugins that you're using for this browser. Um, and uh, right now they are there for, let's say, development purposes and experimental purposes. Um, but in the future, you might even see something like a, a comfortable user interface where you can then simply like toggle or um, click or drag and drop some aspects or something to create these filters and um, why i'm so excited about this news is that uh, like i think two years ago we built a prototype at ideas engineering and we called it no hype news and it had kind of the same motivation we thought um, some users might be annoyed by seeing always the same headlines in all publications for example um, right now we have uh, the ukraine war and so whatever news publication i open up the headlines are always including the ukraine war and it's of course a very important topic but maybe i right now i don't want to read about this and so um, it, it's very hard to get rid of this and so we created this prototype for no hype news where we automatically detected what are the most hype news that are distributed everywhere and we simply filter them out so one day it might be uh, the new releases of apple hardware and so 
you see everything is Apple hardware. The next day it's the Ukraine war, or the next day um, it's I don't know um, some some German politician saying something crazy, and so it's everywhere in the news. So we detect automatically what are the hype news, and we filter them out. Um, it, but it was just a prototype. We never did something with this. And seeing now um, Brave jumping onto this train, or not jumping onto this train because we never um, publi pu um, uh, published this one, um, but seeing that someone else also goes into the same direction shows that we were kind of on the on the right track. And that's why I will keep up with the Brave goggles and see if this maybe even becomes some mainstream feature that will also be included in, in Chrome or Firefox or wherever. And maybe in a couple of years from now, it will be very normal to configure your personal profile with some kind of filters so that not only an AI is deciding what kind of search results you, you're going to see, but also you and your personal preferences. And I could really imagine that this will be a thing for the future in my personalized browser. Do you have any thoughts about that? I, I wonder how like, yeah, please go. You could start collaborating with them and offering them our front end <laughs> because right. we have something already there. Joking. No, yeah. I mean, <laughs> of why, why joking? Um, and and <coughs> it has a beautiful logo. That's true. This was very cute. We had a cat. <laughs> right. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we, Dan? I was wondering when while you're searching, if you have like several goggles ready. So depending if you're going for tech, you want the small tech blocks. When you're looking for interior inspirations, or, you want uh, just the... Um, Pinterest post and everything Vincent just said, uh, you have your very specific Googles for that as well. So if you, depending on what you're looking for, like which keywords you're using, just switching Googles for you. Um, I did not try it yet. I could imagine that it's, it's a mechanism for weighting your search results. So assigning like a specific weight based on, on um, your filters. And so it will calculate like an overall score of relevance per article or per page that is found. And so um, all together are calculating this this uh, the right order of the search results. But I never tried it. I'm not sure if they are like mutually exclusive and depending on the search terms, it will search, it will use Google 1 or Google 2. I'm, I'm not sure about this one. I did not try it. Um, but I, I will have a look at this. Curious what you find. Okay. I'll uh, use that moment. I think I'll be next. Unfortunately, I have to leave early today, as mentioned. Um, therefore, yes, uh, you guys can discuss about this. I'll just do the brief intro and then I'll jump and you guys can keep discussing about it. So this article is extremely interesting because it is the other part the other side of what uh, I brought before. This is a leaked uh, footage from internal TikTok meetings that show that Asia or the Asia part of TikTok and especially um, Chinese associates of TikTok were absolutely able and still are able to access content. This starts with from around the world. This starts with um, associates not knowing how to access content generally. Um, a. Um, outside of China. B, um, this continues with having hints like a global admin, which is based in China as well and uh, recruited by ByteDance. 
also very interesting. So we have we do not see global admins outside of the Chinese sphere, but it's called a global admin. So it's not the Asia admin, it's not a European admin or anything like that. And also the ByteDance already mentioned that the content that they're saving on or that the, the data they have on these uh, information on these um, databases in China or wherever around the world is not part of the Chinese um, um, the Chinese area of influence. However, um, the the internal meetings show that actually ByteDance is set up in the way that Chinese uh, associates legally still can access all of this kind of content. And the leakings from high-level high um, uh, associates of ByteDance and TikTok show that, well, actually, um, content could have been accessed quite regularly. And if so, only from China, because nobody else knows how. Uh, it's very interesting, and this leaves us with the question, well, was Donald Trump right? I know it's a question we don't have a lot, but uh, in that case, we have one. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's it's sad to be true. It, it, it is the way it is. So, um, yeah, very, very, very interesting. And um, it, it finishes off with the question, well, uh, with ByteDance moving all of the stuff for the United States to the Oracle data, uh, databases in um, Texas, um, this leaves only the backup in China. And the question is, well, does this change anything at all? Or is this just a marketing stunt? This part this article was published before the Oracle thing happened, but not long before. Um, so yeah, it was very interesting to see that. But this, these leaks, I don't know why they were not more public, because they're actually quite scary um, and are kind of confirming what we have been fearing very interesting i have to leave um sorry again thank you so much for having me and i'm looking forward to it in two weeks See you thank then. you for being here thank you bye 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 yeah regarding um these yeah how do you call this like allegations or um these new facts i think it was known in the past that there was this very fishy behavior um from ByteDance or tiktok um, and the question is, when will they redeem themselves by introducing like transparency and uh, a very good structure um, uh, of how to access their their data? And so, if they already claim to be very secure and have this transparency, and now these leaks come out, um, this this might of course uh, completely destroy the credibility of of uh, of ByteDance or of TikTok. Um, and so I think the the question really, as uh, Vincent asked in the uh, in the end, is what what exactly is the timeline of this moving to American data centers and um, these leaks of who can actually access what data? Honestly, I'm wondering how much credibility they need to operate, and and I think that that that's the measurement, not the credibility we would like to see or the transparency, because well, ByteDance, a stake of ByteDance is part of the. Uh, well, no, the Chinese government bought a stake into ByteDance. And knowing this, <laughs> um, well, I wonder if they ever let go and say, OK, Europe admin only in Europe and only can access European content. Or if they say, well, it's a nice data collection piece to get insights into their social environment. Sure, but I think um, the problem started when Donald Trump was actually starting this kind of social media war where he actually 
threatened to um, ban TikTok completely from the US. And I think um, this is not only like a question of convenience uh, where we say we would like to have some more privacy or we would like to have more control about uh, over these da this data, but actually having this demand that they say if they do not comply with our demands, it will be completely banned from the US and or Europe, depending on what, what the European leaders say. Um, and if it now is the case that they claim everything is green and everything is fine and uh, we we can con continue working together, but these leaks show that they are lying, this might be a problem. As I said, I think it's the question of how much credibility do they need to operate yeah. and not what would be nice. <laughs> and and maybe that's enough because on paper they can say all your data is now hosted in your country. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting part. It's hosted in your country, but if they still have their backdoors and admin systems that are not available through uh, the American administrators, then it does not really matter where the data is, uh, is hosted, right? But, but you, I think in Europe we have the same thing when you come to that cloud. Other companies do not have that kind of backdoor, even though um, data is hosted then in, in Europe. Sure. So, <laughs> this this I mean, is what I mean with the big cloud providers. Right. It's the same they, thing. Just They are just being monitored differently, I'd say, if yeah. I would make a case for the <clears> Chinese, which I which I don't, but... Um. <laughs> okay, let's jump uh, to Alex's yeah, next article. Just one thing to think yes. about. Just one last mention. It's funny to see that US has companies like this and China has companies like this, but I'm, I'm hard to find a company from Europe <laughs> it does anything comparable. We don't dare to do that. We already know that uh, how complicated it is to do some privacy-related stuff in Europe. We kill that Let's say we not dare to do that. Right, don't right. Worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have a regulation to kill the innovation. Yes. <laughs> innovation is illegal in Europe. <laughs> don't, don't tell the authorities. Um, yeah, my next one is um, basically paying into the same gap, um, killing innovation eventually. No, um, so eBay made a move this week. Um, they bought an NFT marketplace. Who would have thought that eBay would go in the same direction as many other companies as well? They bought Known Origin, uh, which is one of the not as high ranked as OpenSea and not as high ranked as Decentraland, but decent enough to um, become one of the new NFT marketplaces for then um, eBay. They started sales uh, with nfts last year but what is interesting is how they sell right now um so w what you can actually buy then in nfts um and uh, how they will proceed eventually then from this point on um with um uh with known origin so what you can right now buy is um so uh, bidder and uh, offer um, uh, the person who bids and the per person who uh, makes the offer have to be from the same country, which is kind of a bummer, I would say. <laughs> um, you can go above the maximum of 10k dollars, um, and uh, it. But on the other side, you can you can it can be sold alongside with um, physical items. So it's basically following the same schema um, as uh, my hopefully camera will sell soon on eBay. 
so let's see if this is going to be a thing. Um, and if I put in the keywords NFT, if it sells faster. I'm curious on how they will proceed with that because it's not a very realistic case to just have um, buyer and seller um, from the same com from the same country on a long term. But this is something that is going to be interesting for eBay as well and um, in the future. So let's see if they sell then uh, NFTs and live auctions. Then they wanted to do something about collectible, um, so collectibles in the future. And um, this article gives you just a brief overview about um, about this um, um, acquisition that they did. Yeah, right now I think there's this really huge demand for any anything NFT related, and so no matter if it makes sense or if. Um, they actually plan to go deeper into this NFT um, NFT verse. I think eBay, as the leading provider of auction or online auctions, must be player in this field. And so I think it was just like a mandatory buy in into into this technology or into this 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 huge demand. I could imagine that at some point of time, if the NFT craze goes over, um, that eBay maybe they will just resell um, this company. But right now it's, it's very, it's mandatory for them to be somehow present in this field. It's very interesting because now they cover physical and non-physical items. Um, so you could say it's the one-stop shop for everything that has right. been used beforehand. Um, the next thing could be then uh, Amazon and then you're the, <laughs> you're locked in forever with Amazon, with everything that you're buying. Um, but, The offer is the interesting part that you can like go from the known uh, platforms and sell it then on eBay as well, making it uh, or opening the market up to people that are not um, every day known uh, about everything with blockchain and being so completely tech savvy. Um, so I think this is why the target audience eBay or the target audience that eBay has will then maybe then scale in the future to like people like our parents and so on so that could be um that could make sense um but let's see i'm very interested in in, in how they will uh move on with that idea and of course um how they will think about new unique selling propositions for marketplaces like this because there's so much money moved through them it must be really, really crazy to attack something like a marketplace um, like OpenSea, for example. They are number one. Everyone goes to OpenSea. They have a very, very easy interface to actually buy and sell NFTs. And so new players who attack these these um, number one and number two players, they must bring new features and new, let's say, usability or maybe even make it uh, from pricing point more attractive to um, to, to buy and sell NFTs there. And I'm really curious to see the evolution of NFT marketplaces in the future or the, in the next years to actually win the majority of NFT buyers and sellers. But even if it's not just NFTs, um, think of the next thing uh, or think of everything that is metaverse related. So what if they start going in that direction as well? To, um, I mean, <laughs> why not? buying the armor at ebay if you you know like for your next flossing dance and so on and um so you're buying the used metaverse shoes from the other character through ebay <laughs> you know why not 
It might yeah, be I, cheaper. Yeah, I see the point. Absolutely. It sounds very meta. Sure. <laughs> Am I meta uh, making the point? Um, yeah. So far Not for bad. that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but um, at least we stay true to the goal to have one NFT-based article in each tech review. Oh, I didn't know that was a goal. I'm I sorry. I don't know. It was, it was not really a, an official goal, but uh, for me... You hit me, the quota. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Usually I'm the one bringing the NFT content. And so since <laughs> this time, I, I didn't. Uh, thanks for that. Okay. Okay. So the next so, one... So now it's a tech review. <laughs> <laughs> and I mentioned Metaverse, so... Dan, next one is from you. Yes, I can't let go of the AI topic at the moment. Uh, and this one is also from Meta. Um, it's for Instagram and how they want to do, um, how they want to make sure that they know how old you are so that they can provide safety benefits for underage people. And they have, for sure, when you create an account, you can upload your ID and then they check the ID and see how old you are. But you also can now have a two other options one is basically you get three other people to uh vow for you and say oh yeah you're already you're x years old and if this fit works then they lock you in um and the last one is now an ai they generated which basically where you take a video from your from your face and then it judges by certain um parameters if how old you are and if that works then they set you, they let you create your account. And they're using a company called Yoti for it. And um, yeah, I thought that was super interesting. I'm not sure how much I like it um, that we hand over to an AI these kind of very personal identification parts. Yeah, what do you think about it? I am very curious to see it in action and to see if it actually works. There are so many like toy apps um, with these refacing and everything and then i think there are even tiktok filters that show like the age of my face or something and they are not wrong. really accurate wrong you, what they are always wrong yeah right so so i try it and it tells me oh great you're 19 years old and i think oh that's great i use it again and it says ah congratulations you're 59 years old and sometimes i wonder if this is actually doing something in the background or if it's just a random generator um but on the other side, I know how powerful machine learning can be. And if it's trained properly, it might actually be kind of accurate. But then again, faces are so different. And there are people who look, they look like 20, but they are 50 in reality. And I also Thank you. see like <laughs> teenagers who, I don't know, have like a face of, of I don't know, a 39 year old. Um, and so I'm, I personally am very bad in estimate ages. And so I'm very curious to see if an AI is actually capable of doing that. Yeah. I'm not sure if, it's, if this is possible because faces are so different. Yeah, but even with the faces, like you said, um, or like Dan said, with all of the filters, if I put a filter on top of, I mean... Oh, right. I know. You know, so... Yeah. Um, I just had a discussion um, like before the tech review with a colleague and I was like, oh my goodness, this skin, I would love to have that skin. And then she said, oh no, I'm using one of the snap filters. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Still want to have that skin. <laughs> yeah, but th this is amazing. So you use an AI to manipulate your face to fake 
the age check done by another AI. I saw that on Harry Potter. What, the age check? The, the <laughs> thing I? with drinking <laughs> stuff so it makes me older to trick the... Oh, okay, okay. Goblet of fire. I see. Yeah, but, but, but honestly, if you use a filter then again, because these filters are basically trying to morph your face into mm. a certain direction, right? And I think if you train an AI good enough, it knows, well, they all look the same and they all have the same parameters. They're probably using a filter again. Or the skin is just too perfect. But, but that's, a, that's a good question. So, um, I mean, skin is too perfect. Yeah, you could say it like that. But if you are, an, I don't know, 18-year-old person with perfect skin. <laughs> Impossible. They, and when they hit puberty, we yeah, should, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, it, it's like um, your account is rejected because you're too good looking. <laughs> it's, it's unrealistic. No, that you, get, are really you just worse. get a few followers added automatically. There are way worse reasons why to be refused to enter Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're not born yet. That that could you're two years old by this. Oh well, hmm. <laughs> I maybe should put my ID card in. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's that's literally as what we always have this race of measures and countermeasures, and um, I really love this approach where we see the Nvidia machines, these Nvidia fake faces that they are generating um, for proving that their AI is so powerful. And these faces, they are not perfect. They are sometimes ugly. They have weird features or not perfect skin. And, and so this AI is based on, uh, on real training data, uh, like training data, which is based on real phot pho photograph photography. Um, and so it might actually be that in the future, we have these filters making us younger without making us too beautiful. So really keeping the real features of your face and simply remove or reduce wrinkles slightly, right? So, so it might be that this will be a, a future um, requirement for these, these beautifying filters, not to make you unrealistically beautiful, but re originally reduce your personal age by five years or so. Or increase it. And who would then oversee the, those developments? The European government? or it wouldn't work. We have restriction for that. <laughs> <laughs> we need a law for that. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 wonder, I wonder the moment when an AI tries to log in to Instagram and gets with their virtual face through the AI check-in <laughs> for the age. So exactly. What about yeah? Exactly. What about um, all of those avatars coming up? We cannot just disregard that they are people. What if Lambda is too beautiful mm. to sign up with Insta? Yeah, I, it I mean, just broke the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> all those arguments. I really think um, it's it's probably unrealistic to have a feature like this working in a future world where faces are perfectly fakeable yeah so it's probably not possible to to do this unless maybe we go technology wise to 
um, use these LiDAR scanners that we have in modern phones so that we are not uploading a, a photo, but actually scanning like your physical face that this verification is done through these sensors. You, you, ca you can basically say you take over the control of the sensor directly, right? And you don't allow that anything gets between the sensor information right. and, and what you gather. And then basically what they're doing is a video video call more or exactly, less where yeah, you have yeah. to scan and make sure that from hardware standpoint they they know it's you yeah 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 so let's see how well this works it, it's it's yeah. really amazing <laughs> i love it okay time is running out i'm the last one on the list um yeah and this one is very interesting for me as a developer <laughs> uh, github was the first one releasing something like an ai Copilot. Um, it was called. It, it was actually called Copilot from GitHub, where you have an AI doing pair programming with you, and so it was uh, uh, supporting you by generating code and um, helping you uh, becoming a better uh, developer. And now Amazon is creating something um, that is basically doing the same, but of course, when Amazon is doing it, uh, probably better. Let's see. At least this is what they are claiming. They have a. a Copilot-like AI tool, which they call Code Whisperer, and this one is trained with real-life code, and so it knows a lot of uh, code snippets that uh, fit to many uh, situations and use cases that you, as a developer, might have. Um, and so, while you are programming, um, you can like tell this this program what you are trying to do, and it generates code based on what it is trained on, um, and uh, it while you're coding it learns from your personal code style it adapts to that and while it is generating code it also tells you where the ideas are coming from or where this code tool um, took this example that it is proposing to you so that you might uh, are aware if there might be something like a copyright issue or a certain license to be used when you're creating this tool so for example you you use this code snippet and it tells you yeah i i, I learned from an example but this one is uh, based on a certain uh, license and so if you're using this code snippet you have to open source your code for example um, and it, additionally it uh, also do is doing security reviews so um, you use a certain library and it warns you um, that this library is already three years old or it's, it's known for having some security issues. And so, so it's, it's really like a very smart co-developer sitting next to you. And I'm really curious to, to try this out. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's already released yet. Um, it was uh, presented at the Remars conference um, from Amazon. Um, and I think it was already used internally, but I'm not sure if it's already out there um yeah let's see but of course i'm going to try it because it, it sounds amazing to be honest i did not use a uh, copilot from github yet now that i'm uh, talking about this it's uh, somewhere on my list i never used it um but what i personally as a developer find really really funny is that we always make this joke that all jobs are replaceable by an ai at some point but not we developers we are the only ones who are safe because uh, we are irreplaceable and now we prove that even developers can be replaced by machines and then AI can at the end probably program another AI, right? And then uh, we are all lost. <laughs> That's actually exactly what I thought. It sounds like a very strong intermediary step yeah. <laughs> to a non-code base where a person like me with an idea for the ideation council basically has to write a one-pager, puts it in, and then, plum, 
here's your exe. <laughs> I could, and it's right. running. Yeah, I, I could imagine that at some point we will go there um, and then it will automatically be tested and uh, you will be presented the results. And, and deployed. Yeah, might be... And charged so by right. AWS. Yeah. <laughs> because and this is why they have AWS. the information, obviously. This is the, the beginning yeah. of the end. <laughs> Yes, sounds great. A good, a good article to 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 end on. <laughs> True. <laughs> right, right. It's the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> yeah, and on this bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> and now we will get demonetized because uh, <laughs> we infringed a popular song. Probably. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody sang. I didn't sing it. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. It's crazily hot here. I'm already sweating like crazy. Um, in Berlin, we have 35 degrees. So wh wherever you are while you're watching this, uh, I hope your weather is not as brutal as ours. Uh, thank you very much for all the amazing articles. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of you in two weeks from now. Have a beautiful Monday. Have a beautiful all right. party then tomorrow for those attending the party. Thank you so much. See you there. Bye. Bye. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode and for that we here at Tech Review want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope this new episode was valuable for you and if it was, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to us right now. Share this episode with others who could also like it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Don't hesitate to tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next episode.